This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that are watching today, and we're, we're so happy to have those who are watching today for the very first time. And of course, we're delighted to have those that are watching today who watch every time we come on the air. Now today, we're going to be discussing this Bible topic, God's Offer of Pardon. I hope that you will stay tuned. I don't know of anything that we need any more than pardon from our God. On Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course. And I'd like to emphasize this course is free. We want you to have it. And we're going to pause right now long enough for you to learn more about the course. You learn how to receive the course. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail. And it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call toll free 1-877-711-5214 I'd like to read now from the 55th chapter of Isaiah and I'm going to be reading verses 6 and 7 Seek the Lord while he may be found Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thought, and let let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. The man who has never obeyed the gospel of Christ is under the power of sin. Paul wrote about that fact in the second chapter of Ephesians. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sin. But you see, God has given to man the remedy or an offer for pardon for our sins. But down through the ages, man has been prone to reject God's offer. In John 5 and 40, Jesus said, And you would not come unto me, that you might have life. Jesus wept over the city of Jerusalem, a place that, that he had done more of his teaching than perhaps any other place in the world. But they rejected him. And he said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thee together as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings, but you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. They rejected the Lord. They rejected any offer of pardon. Can one imagine a man sentenced to die in the electric chair and he not desire a pardon? Many years ago, there was a man by the name of John Lewis Evans who was convicted of murder. And he said initially that he wanted to die in the electric chair. But when he was faced with the reality of it, 
He changed his mind. But eventually he did pay with his life. There are many that are going to their graves rejecting Christ's pardon for sin. In 1 John 5, 19, we're told that the whole world lies in wickedness. Now, the text that I have just read from Isaiah chapter 55 tells us about God's offer of pardon. First of all, we, from that passage, we find the order. Here is the order. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Seeking has always been connected with salvation. Isaiah 34, 16 says, Seek ye out of the, the book of the Lord and read. We ought to seek the Lord when one is honest. And when one is seeking the truth, I am convinced that he will find it. Jesus said, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The reason some never come to a knowledge of the truth, well, they're just not seeking it. They have their minds closed to truth. Jesus in Matthew 13 and 15 says, for this people's heart is wax gross. And their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. When people have their eyes closed to the truth, they're never going to be able to seek the Lord. The man Cornelius, of whom we read in Acts chapter 10, is an example of a man who was seeking the truth and he found it. He was seeking the truth, and he found the truth. Now, we're introduced to him in this fashion. We're told that Cornelius was a centurion, that he was a leader of a band called the Italian band. He was a soldier. He was a leader. Furthermore, we're told that Cornelius was a man that feared God with all of his house. We're told that Cornelius was a man who prayed to God always. We're told that Cornelius gave much alms to the people and that his prayers went up as a memorial before God. There's not a finer person that you'll ever read about than the man Cornelius. But Cornelius needed the gospel and he was seeking the gospel. Someone says, well, how do you know that Cornelius was seeking the gospel? Well, if you'll turn over the 10th chapter of Acts in your Bible, and if you'll notice in verse 33, so he said, uh, uh, the, the Cornelius said, so I sent to you immediately, talking about Simon Peter who came to his house, and you've done well to come. Now, therefore, we're present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. Cornelius was a man who was a good man and God sent someone to his home to teach him the gospel and that was the apostle Peter. But I'm convinced that it was in answer to his prayer. God said your prayers and your alms have come up as a memorial before God and Cornelius' prayers were heard. And someone says, well, how do you know that for which he prayed? 
We know that for which he prayed by the answer to the prayer, and the answer to the prayer was Peter coming to his house to instruct him in the gospel. Cornelius was seeking the Lord. I am persuaded, as a matter of fact, I know from experience in dealing with people that there are many people that are out seeking the Lord right now, and they've not come across that which they believe is telling them what is correct. Another example of a man seeking the Lord was the man from Ethiopia, and he was seeking the truth, and he found it. He had been to Jerusalem to worship, and he was on his way home, and Peter, uh, Philip, the evangelist, was sent to this man, and, and, he, and he saw that he was reading from the Bible, and he began to preach Jesus to the man, and the man said, well, now here's water. Why can't I be baptized? And he said, if you believe, you can. And he said, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and Philip baptized the man from Ethiopia. He was honest, and he was seeking the truth. And when you are honest, when you're seeking the truth, you're going to find it. But let's be sure that we're seeking the truth regardless of what subject we may be studying. But now the second thing we learn from these verses is the object of the seeking. He said, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Hebrews chapter 11 and 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder, listen to him carefully, of all of them that seek him. So the object of our seeking is the Lord. And before we can seek the Lord, we must give up all of our little gods. You know, in the Old Testament, God said, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. In order to seek the God of heaven, we have to give up all of the little gods, the idols that we might have in our life. There was a man from South America talking to a man from North America. And they were talking about the reason that North America had exceeded South America in greatness in many ways. And they came to the conclusion that men who came to North America came seeking God and those who went to South America came looking for gold. And it is my prayer that in North America that men will continue to seek the Lord. But rather than seeking the Lord, many people are seeking material things. They're seeking material things. Our Lord warned about that in Luke chapter 12 and verse 15. Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Some people are seeking social acceptance. They're more concerned about being accepted in society than they are seeking the Lord. In Proverbs 29 and 25, Solomon said, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be saved. In John chapter 12, there were those who who uh, believed on the Lord. Jesus said, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees they would not confess him. Why? Lest they be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. They wanted acceptance. And God helped the preacher who preaches to please the people. 
In Galatians chapter 1 and verse 10, Paul said, I'm not seeking to please men. He said, I'm seeking to please God. Some people are seeking pleasure. Why, in 1 Timothy 5 and 6, the Bible says, She that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. In 2 Timothy 3, 5, Paul talked about those who were lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. There is pleasure in sin. Hebrews 11, 24 and 25. That's all some people are out to, to find in life. That's all they're seeking is pleasure. And some are seeking a religion of convenience. They want a convenient religion. They want one that makes them always feel good. Well, you see, if you preach the gospel, you cannot always make people feel good, and it's not always the thing that, that we desire to hear. Man is lost, and man needs someone to show him the way. He had better seek the Lord. That's the object of our seeking. But now let's think about the opportunity that we have. And he says that we're to seek the Lord while he may be found. When some people are asked why they do not obey the Lord, they say, well, Brother Lambert, I'm just not ready right now. Well, friend, when you get ready, the Lord may not be ready. Have you ever thought about that? When you get ready, the Lord may not be ready. The door may be shut, Matthew 25 and 10. In Proverbs chapter 1, Solomon said, Because I've called and you refuse, I've, I've stretched out my hand, but no man regarded. You, you have said it not my counsel and would none of my reproof. Uh, therefore I will laugh at your calamities. I'll mock when your fear cometh. When your fear comes as a desolation and, and your destruction as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will, not, I will not answer. Then shall they seek me early, but they shall not find me. Now how is it that people would seek God, but they wouldn't be able to find Him because they waited until it was too late? When they had the opportunity to seek Him, they refused to do it. You see, many people want to give the devil the best and give the Lord the leftovers of life. They, they want to sow their wild oats knowing all the while that there's going to be a harvest to come. Friend, the, the, you need to seek the Lord while you have the opportunity because the door of salvation may not always be open. It's open right now, but one day that door is going to close. Now there is an obligation. He said, let the wicked forsake his way. Now, this is the very difficult part for some. Repentance is a difficult thing for, because man does not enjoy saying it is wrong. See, we have to repent, and that's not easy for some people. You know, if a, I, I have been to some places where the church doesn't seem to be growing. Now, where I'm preaching in the Somerdale Church, we are growing. It would seem to almost daily... In, at least on a weekly basis, we're growing. But I preach in some places occasionally where the church is not growing. And it's such a sad thing that the church is not growing. Church growth begins with genuine Bible repentance. That there can be no spiritual progress until God's people 
get right with him. There's nothing that can hinder and hurt and hamper the church. For example, more than a preacher who doesn't conduct himself in a Christ-like way. And here are young people that maybe they need to repent because that they're doing things that they know that God doesn't want them to do. And their example is not in line with 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12. Where Paul said, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believer. And here's an individual in the church and they cannot control their tongue. They need to repent. You see, the, church, the growth of the church needs to, it begins when, when the members of the church get their lives right with God. And God is asking, in keeping with Ezekiel 33 and 11, why will you die? There's an offer God makes in the verses from Isaiah 55. He will have mercy upon him. He will abundantly pardon. I think among the most beautiful statements ever made in the Bible is this. He will abundantly pardon. Now sin has a way of making people believe that one never needs to be pardoned. For example, there's the good moral man who thinks that he is all right just like he is. And there's the backslider who thinks he's just as good as others in the church. And then you have the, the, friend, the, the person who's out here straddling the fence who wants the best of both worlds. And in reality, these people do not think they need pardon. Man's greatest need is mercy and pardon. When David sinned, he said, Have mercy upon me, O God. Psalms 51 uh, and verse 1. In Luke 16, when the rich man lift up his eyes in torment, the first word out of his mouth was, Mercy, have mercy on me. We need mercy. We need pardon. What is evidence of pardon? How, how can one know when they have been pardoned? Some put stock in visions and dreams as evidence of pardon. So some think that, that an alleged voice in the still of the night is evidence that they have been pardoned. So some hold the notion that a feeling which is better felt than told is evidence of pardon. And there are some people that puts, put their trust in a sudden occurrence for which there's no explanation as evidence of pardon. But friends, to be pardoned, one must obey God's terms of pardon. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. God has a law of pardon for the alien sinner. You say, well, Brother Lambert, what is an alien sinner? That's a person alienated from God. That's a person who is estranged from God. That that's a person who is separated from God. And in order that we might be uh, at peace with God, 
that peace might be made with him and be one again, that we might have the atonement of our sins, we must come to the foot of the cross as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. In John 8, 24, Jesus said, Except you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. We must also be willing to repent of our sins. If we want to be pardoned, we must forsake our sins, give up our sins. In uh, Acts the 17th chapter and verse 30, preaching to the uh, men of Athens, Paul said, The times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. And those who repent of their sins should be willing to confess their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33, Jesus said, Whosoever shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. Whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I deny before my Father which is in heaven. That's God's law of pardon for those who are separated from God. Our Lord put it rather simply, He that believeth, and is baptized, shall be saved. But there's God's second law of pardon to the erring Christian. The person who has believed and repented and confessed and been baptized, but then for some reason they began to drift. We're warned about drifting away from the Lord in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1, and they get in themselves into sin again. In Acts 8, chapter, we read about a man by the name of Simon who believed on Christ and he was baptized, Acts 8, 13. Hence, we know that he must have been saved because Jesus said, if you believe and are baptized, you'll be saved. But he saw that you could buy the gift of the Holy Spirit, or he tried to buy the gift of the Holy Spirit from the apostles, and he tried to buy it with money. And the man was told to repent of this thy wickedness. And pray, God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. Peter said, I perceive thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Here's a man who believed and repented and he was baptized. But he yielded to a weakness. And he tried to buy the gift of the Holy Spirit with money. And he was told not to be baptized. He had already done that. He was told to repent and pray that he might be forgiven. Partial obedience will not obtain our pardon. Someone says, well, I've done some of the things, Brother Lambert, you must do to be saved, but I've not done them all. I, I believe in Jesus, but I've never been baptized. Partial obedience will not obtain pardon. In 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 22, it was Samuel who told Saul to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. Have you received the pardon of your sins? I have many desires for the people to whom I preach on getting to know your Bible. I would like for you to like me. I, I really would. I have some people that disagree with me, and sometimes, occasionally, not very often, Someone gets 
to be quite disagreeable with their disagreement. And they're not as Christ-like as a Christ-like person ought to be with their disagreement. And then there are those who disagree with me sometimes and they're so nice about it and, and even though we don't see eye to eye on some things, they are so nice, but I really want you to like me. Another desire I have for you is I, I want you to enjoy life. I want you to have the best life, the good life. I have another desire. I'd like for you to have good health. Some of you may not have good health right now. And my desire is that you'll have good health. But, but most of all, I want you to accept the pardon offered by the Lord. And, and I would urge you today to render obedience to the Lord. Friends, tomorrow you might not even be alive. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for a man doth not know what a day may bring forth. Proverbs 27 and verse 1. James asked, what is your life? It is even as a vapor that appears for a little time and then it just vanishes away. Tomorrow you could be so hardened against the Lord that the gospel doesn't have any effect on you. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 19 talks about people past feeling. But then tomorrow you could bring the judgment. And when that happens, we're going to give an account of our lives, what we've done in our bodies, whether, whether it's good, whether it's bad. We're going to give an account. So I'd urge you to give some serious, serious thought to your salvation, to your pardon. I was preaching in Florida many years ago, and it, it was a great week. It's not many times that I've preached that I've seen people have to, the, the, the building was so filled that I, as I recall, there were some people even standing up occasionally because there were no places to sit. And, and I noticed one sweet lady was there until the very end of that gospel meeting Friday night. I thought she was a member of the church there. And when she came out the door on Friday night, she said, you almost got me Wednesday night, Brother Lambert. And she, I said, what do you mean? She said, I almost was baptized Wednesday night. I said, let's do it now. She said, no, no. And she said, I've got to go now. And I've thought about that woman over the years. And I'm sure now she's in eternity because then she was 75 years old. And she put off her salvation. She put off her pardon. I would urge you to not put it off, but to accept the Lord and do it now. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, 
or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.